seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 134 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues at and away from our gaming tables that affect all of us playing our stuff. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 134 episodes, I got my main man still here by my side, Brian Allen. How is it going, dude? I I can actually say it's going well. I've had my annual physical, and hey, I'm going to be around for a little while longer. So yeah, you love to hear it. You love right. to hear it. It's like I told you last week, man. I said when I found out I was good to go, I was like, "Ooh, that's news." Yep. <laughs> it's it seems small, but man, it's one less thing you got to worry about. Do you remember when you first started doing them on a somewhat regular basis? Shoot, I still don't do them on a regular basis. Oh, okay. <laughs> I honestly, I just went because I'm like, you know what? I'm already making sure I'm good because of COVID. Yeah. I'm already like trying to take care of myself. And I said, let me at least go. So if something is wrong, I can make a plan. You know what I mean? Like, let me have a solid base to start from. Right. And they told me I'm good. And I'm like, cool. I'll see you in another like 18, 24 months, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Because I know like at age 25, 26, I didn't go to the doctor again unless I was injured or sick in some way. <laughs> it just didn't well, no, because even... at that age, you're still indestructible. Right? Or at least in your head, you are. <laughs> you also probably don't have great health care. <laughs> you know? so just... I had none. <laughs> right? For real, I had none. So I tell people all the time, like for as much as people, and I will say that this is a thing I'm probably going to talk about on a future episode at some point. But one of the things that really does bug me is when people look at me and say like, well, you did it. So other people can do it. And I'm like, yo, you have to understand, like, I dodged a bunch of bullets. Mm-hmm. I got very lucky in a lot of situations. Some of it was right place, right time. Some of it was timing. Again, some of it was just not having even a single health issue for a decade and a, a decade plus, right. you know, just to get through certain stretches that allowed me to do what I did. So it, there's a lot of things that have to go right. The more things you have stacked against you, there's, you probably, have have, a, there's probably a couple of hundred people that have climbed Mount Everest. I don't mean I can do it. <laughs> oh, for real. That's absolutely true. That's probably a good analogy, honestly. So I always tell people, like, just because one person doesn't, doesn't mean the next person's going to do it just as easily. Not to say they can't do it, but it's still going to be super difficult. May even more difficult than mine if you don't have the same bits of luck I had. Right. You meet and, the same people, you know, have the same or, you know, just ha- have the same success on, on projects or sometimes the failures are the thing that you, oh, yeah. you learn from. I could literally go back if we started a timeline and I could probably go, yep, that's a point where I had to get lucky. That's a thing where something had to go right. Yep. That's one where it only worked because of this particular situation. Yeah. You know, and I could probably name 30 things probably. And that's a lot. <laughs> like, to not have any of those things go wrong, like supremely lucky. So, I mean, it's why when I come around to people when they're talking about like, well, certain people should or shouldn't be paid certain amounts or whatever and blah, blah, blah. Or like, well, I earned this or I did all this. It's like, yeah, but you did get lucky along the way. I tell people even, even down to the fact of what people within the company you're trying to hire for, or get hired onto are at your interview. Right. If there's a different person in that interview, they're going to take your answers differently or they're going to ask you different questions that give them bits of information or not. 
and that could affect you being hired. Like even that much is something. And I'm sure multiple people have been hired at a place after doing the interview or whatever, and you found out there were certain people you did or didn't like more or less that either were or weren't in your interview process. Mm -hmm. Right. Imagine if any of those people were flip-flopped. Do you still work there? You know what I mean? Like, do you even still want to work there? Right. Those things change. Like even, and I don't think people process that. Like there's so many little, that whole butterfly effect thing, right? There's so many little things along the way that if any of those are different, you have no idea what the outcome would have been. There, there's times in my career I know where like I or the, or somebody in my department that has done the wrong thing, but because we had the right person signed checks with enough money to throw at the problem, we still push through. <laughs> I believe it. I totally believe it. Well, before we get into the rest of this episode, we do have a lot of interesting things to cover this week. But we want to give some love to our friends over at CardsFair.com. A really, really cool site where you can buy cards and sell cards at the price you want. And yes, you can check that out. Really literally decide like, hey, I only want to sell it to this person who's paying 90% of market value. You don't have to sell to somebody else if you don't want to. But if you're also looking to pay like 70, 80% and you're the highest person out there, maybe somebody sends you the card at that price. So yeah, it's worth checking out. Go do a little bit of research, see what you think about them. I use them almost weekly to send cards out to people. Matter of fact, I have some I got to take to the post office tomorrow. But yeah, show them some love. They are cardsphere.com. And then if you want to support the show directly, you can go over to patreon.com slash color of magic. And you could be a lovely patron that we got to show some love to here. And Jerry D'Antonio, thank you for coming on board. And we have two giveaways here because every month we like to do some giveaways to our patrons. So we're going to be sending packages out to Brian Keller and Timothy Filger. So thank y'all for being members as well. An awesome first name, Brian. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then if you want to get some other cool stuff to help represent the podcast and show some love to the show, get a little something for yourself. You can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop and you can get some tokens and play mats. And actually, I'm right now having art commissioned for some more tokens that are going to be on the site. I'm hoping within the next 10 to 14 days, but uh, we're going to be doing some new Capenna style stuff. So those will be up pretty soon. So keep an eye out for those. But now let's get into some soapboxy things. Now, this one, I feel like I'm nitpicking a little bit, but it also feels important because I've encountered this before where I've read stuff and it's changed the or clouded the interpretation of what I'm reading to where I can't understand a person's response, motivations, whatever. And it's a little weird. and I have to like read further to get all this extra context to try to understand. But just recently... I had the situation happen in real life where I'm communicating with somebody who has somebody else in the room. And I'm like, okay, ask so-and-so if they're good with this thing. The response I got back was, he shook his head, yes. Well, I still don't know what that means. (laughs) Like, you shake your head no, or you nod your head yes. If you tell me somebody shook their head yes, you either meant to type no or you meant to type nod, but I don't know which is which. So I'm like, this still doesn't help me. 
And they're like, well, I told you. He said, yes. What do you not understand? And I'm like, that's not now you did. And I understand. But before, I don't know if I should include them or not because you didn't use the right language. And I've noticed that's becoming a normal thing. And I'm like, why? When did this? And again, I am not a grammar, whatever. I get, we just language, some people misspell stuff, whatever. Hell, sometimes we fat finger things, we're using autocorrect mm-hmm. or voice to text or whatever, right? That's fine. But this is one where it literally changes the meaning of what you're trying to say. Like, I like, especially if it's something kind of controversial, and then I have to read, okay, well, does this person agree or disagree with this thing? I can't really tell from this statement. So now I don't know even how to proceed in this discussion. Like, it's very strange. I don't get it. Why is this a thing? That That's part of why grammar is important. Like, if sometimes you get it off, you can't communicate. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, it sucks. Like I said, it feels nitpicky. And it's come up, it, man, probably 20, 30 times that I, I could even lightly remember. So probably more than that. But the one that just came up this week, and they had the attitude with me. Like, I just told you. He said yes. And I'm like, you, you sort of did. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what you want me to do. I, do I order a thing for them or not? Right? You know what I mean? Like, I, I have no idea. And then it would have been weird if I had ordered it and got it. And they'd have been like, didn't they tell you I didn't want one of these? And I'd be like, uh, I, it said yes. I don't know. Like, you know. So it's a it's a crazy thing. And again, this, this is why it's a soapboxy thing. Because this is just... It's maybe a me thing, and I might be making more out of this. Like, I don't know, but it just feels weird, man. Like, why? And it's, and again, like I said, maybe it's nitpicky, but it's just like, why do people assume a nod is a shake? These are not the same things. Hell, even if I'm, you're listening to hardcore metal music, you're at least banging your head. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not shaking your head. Like, even that's different. Like, uh, Okay. I, for, I forget what the term is where we just keep as, as a society saying the wrong thing. And so many people, it's like the whole could, I couldn't care less. That means you care at least a little or, or I could, or I could care less. Yeah. When people say it's, I could care less, I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Cause at least couldn't care less means you already care as little as you could possibly care. Yeah, but usually what people say is, I could care less. That means you care at least a little. And again, I know what you meant to say is just. Yeah, because if you say, like, I could care less, and I'm like, well, okay. So you're at least a little bit interested? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know where we're going with that. And again, you feel a little bit nitpicky. I'm like, okay, I'm going to assume yeah. on that when I kind of know what you're saying, but you don't know what you're saying. But it's cool. But yeah, the nod and the shake, man, I just, please get that right. Like, I I also wonder how many pieces of like weird interactions or things not happening or happening have occurred because of this, where you thought you got an affirmative or a negative and it wasn't that, you know what I mean? Because you misread the sentence or whatever. So yeah, anyway, that's it. I'll, I'll get off the soapbox and pass this over. I let that one ride because yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> um, as part of our ongoing coverage of the, the the I Hate Your Deck saga, as I'm sure if, if you're regular listen to the podcast, you've already heard us talk about the situation where uh, Michael David Lynch from I Hate Your Deck, apparently while he was a 
directing a film use somebody's uh, nude footage without their consent. And that, of course, became a huge issue, as it should be. That's a terrible thing to do to someone. And as we discussed also on the show, he apologized. We talked about, hey, you know, well, you, you have Dequad especially has told you how he feels about apologies. We are going to want to see your actions to, to see how remorseful you supposedly are. And lo and behold, multiple women have asked with, with everything that's come out. They said they do not feel comfortable appearing on the show. Please don't use their episode. And he kind of plowing ahead. <laughs> Rachel mm-hmm. Weeks, for example, said to send him a please. I don't want to appear in this episode any further. And he went ahead and uploaded the video without her consent. And I uh, like apparently blocked her on social media and didn't communicate with her any further. It, it's he's made the thing, I believe, what private now or unlisted. Yeah. I learned one of the things I learned this week is about the difference between unlisted and private. I won't go into all that, but yeah. They had to be basically just they had, they had to just have, you know, social media and magic community come down on his head again to take even that step. And, and again, the, this comes back to what I'm saying. Like, that's why I say I don't give a damn about apologies. Like, I just need you to you acknowledge the thing is effed up. We're at least at the, on the same page. Now it's what you do going on from there. It didn't even is, take him two months. No, no. To do, obviously, nudity is not involved, but basically, you know, someone has said they don't consent to have their footage used, and he's like, I'm just going ahead with it. Damn mm-hmm. the torpedoes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And while, as I, while they, they had no, he had no contractual obligation to not use their footage because no contracts apparently were signed. If you want us to believe you are remorseful, it, it, it may be legally permissible, but morally, it's pretty damn shady. That That's the issue for me. It's like, if you're trying to get back in people's good graces, and you are trying to, let's say, rehab your image is probably the best phrase to yeah. use. Why would you take a step that, is basically mirroring the thing everybody's mad at you for. That you supposedly are sorry for. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like That's the part I have an issue with. It's like, now, if you'd have done some other dumb thing, we'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, but whatever. But like you literally did the same thing with women, for that matter. Yeah, I think there's at this point at least three women that have said they wanted, that's just what I... And I, I believe there's also at least one guy that is in an episode yeah. that they didn't want to be in as well. But I'm just like, dude, this, and this is what I'm saying. Like people, and I've gotten some messages from people saying like, ah, apologies matter. I was like, yes, they matter to some people. They don't matter to me. Like situations like this have come in my life so many times where somebody said, oh, you're right, blah, 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 whatever. I'm sorry. And then like a, a couple, not, not even months later, a couple of weeks later, right. they're back at it again. So I'm like, then the apology meant nothing. At least if all I'm saying is acknowledge the thing. It's like, yeah, you're right. I was wrong. I get it. I shouldn't have done these things. Whatever. Cool. And then going forward, you say, okay, I'm making these steps to prove myself that I understand what I did was wrong. I'm trying to make right by everybody. Cool. That's what I would rather see. I don't care if the person ever apologizes to me or not. Because too often, we get situations like we have right now. 
I've if I've ridden one, you know, big figure in gaming or entertainment apologizes for something, something dumb they've done. I've ridden a thousand of them. And this is some record time on people doing the same BS they just apologized for. It's like I said, you know what he could have done? He could have just laid low. Like we said, just just pull the Mel Gibson, <laughs> like take a few months off. Because supposedly, know. I think he said he was going to, to to rehab or therapy or something to to resolve these issues. I can't believe you ran. You might have run this by your lawyer. I can't imagine there's any way you ran this past a reputable therapist. Yeah, I don't most even know. T- most of them tell you to attempt to make good with the people you have hurt, not to do the same things again to other people. I'm with you. I I don't get it. I don't get it. Like it maybe, and I don't know. I I literally do not know him on a personal level. On on, we've not had more than a couple of discussions online. But maybe his motivation is like, you know what? F magic, whatever. I'm just gonna get what I can and cash out. And in six months, maybe he can't get guests for the show or something, and he's done. That's that might be it. Just just get whatever. Or I mean, I guess it's telling not even now because YouTube videos. You know, if the if they, the, the, if a few of them stay up, I guess they'll keep generating money. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Just just put it up, get what you're going to get, and and I'm not saying I like this plan, but maybe that's his thought process. He's like, well, I already paid the people, I already filmed it. Like, f it, let's put it up. Whatever money it makes, it makes, and then I'll just go on about my business. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe he is just going to walk away from the magic community forever or for a long time. I don't know. I literally have no idea what his motivations are, but that's the only thing that makes sense in this kind of play. Yeah. Because because it's weird otherwise. The motivations certainly aren't a true apology or any true atonement or remorse for his actions. No, and I, and honestly, it's sad because he was the owner, creator, director of one of the up and coming, pretty high quality, right? You know commander shows and had a lot of opportunity to feature a lot of different people this could have been you know some kind of, of teaching moment yeah if there was actual remorse hell honestly you know what i would have done he could have really used his platform and been like look these things came up this is a point in my life where i made a dumb decision i shouldn't have done and it hurt somebody and blah blah and just make a psa out of an episode or whatever yeah and you know what some people would have been like, ah, he's just placating the community, whatever. But a lot of people would have been like, yeah, all right, cool. You're at least putting it publicly out there and taking ownership of it. Now, admittedly, t- if you still screw up and do the same things over again, yeah. whatever. But that's that's the way you really put it out there. I will tell you some of the best interviews I've done and that I've seen other people do are from people that have done wrong. Are, are showing true remorse and explaining step by step how they plan to make the thing good. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's 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 an ugly situation. For some reason, I don't feel like this is the the end of it. No, it certainly doesn't. It's one of those. It's just. But like I said, I don't know his motivations. I don't know what his plans are. But this feels like one that. At least from the outside looking in, it feels like somebody who has accepted, for lack of a better term, accepted their fate among the community and is 
just making it last hurrah on the way out. Just saying, like, let me just put these up here. I'm going to make what money I'm going to make. And we'll see what happens after that. I don't really know. But anyway, let's talk about some more interesting things because it's time to tell people what we learned. Because, boy, I think we have a couple of pretty interesting things this week, Brian. So why don't yeah. you tell everybody what you got? All right. Uh, I mentioned uh, several podcasts ago, but it's the thing we've been following that uh, Overwatch, you know, the extremely popular shooter, has uh, for a long time, right, we're, I think we're, we'll be probably the seven year mark by the time this happens. There, there's we, we very diverse, except for the fact that it had no black female playable characters that will finally be remedied whenever overwatch two drops that's probably like sometime between late 2022 maybe 2023 and we have now the, the full reveal of uh agent vivian chase better known as sojourn and i say it looks really like a really fun enjoyable character she's a member of the Canadian special forces and just to not get too deep into the story, but basically Overwatch has been kind of like, if you saw, you know, uh, kind of Marvel Civil War, Overwatch used to be superheroes. They, they got, you know, the government said you can't do this anymore. But of course, they're still heroes. They can't stand by and let bad things happen. So they are kind of in the shadows, still trying to fight crime. And that's kind of Sojourn's story. She's still wants to be a member of overwatch whether officially or unofficially and hey she's coming back to kick some bad guy ass so that yeah, sounds kind of cool man i'm definitely excited it looks like a very fun character to said she's got a kind of a rapid fire rail gun and she has a sort of a a rocket powered slide move the overwatch pros have gotten to and there's a, a beta i don't know if it's an open beta but there is a beta now so a lot of people have played the character and said, you know, in addition to, of course, this being great representation and a thing we should have had a few years ago. Sound like she is an incredibly well-designed character that'll be, you know, as they say, easy to learn, but hard to master. So, yeah. Pretty that's hyped good. about this. And, you know, and that's what I think we mentioned before, right? When we brought this up, God, I don't know, like half a year ago, was even when you do it, you don't want to just do it. It has to yeah. be a character that People want to play, so it's seen. People appreciate it. You know, gets recognition on the top stage because you need those characters to show up in the major footage, right? Exactly. You need to show up in the the viral videos. You need to show up on the news stories, right? They, so people see it that it's a thing, and it's kind of cool that they took the extra steps to build a quality, fun character, other than just saying like, "See, we finally have a black female in the game." Ta da! You know, just ending it there. And they said one of the reasons, you know, that she is appearing in Overwatch 2 is that they didn't want to rush this. I said, well, you know, it, it's a big, I can't, you can't really call it rushed per se, but they did. They wanted because let's be honest, Overwatch is already kind of getting ready to get put in the bag because Overwatch 2 is getting ready to come out. So they wanted to make sure that she was part of the new game and would have a long, you know, play history so to speak and be a part of a game that people will still be hyped about as opposed to a game that maybe people don't even play anymore you know but to their credit right if you acknowledge that yeah this is something we should have done a while ago yep so like let's not just do it to do it and say see we got it into the the first edition or whatever right yeah the, the like, game with 10 minutes left did it basically yeah that would just be a little weird so it's like yeah look we are taking extra time we're letting 
the top players play test it and make sure the character is at least interesting or usable. You know, like so they're they're making all the right moves. You know, it's one of those things where again, I think this comes back to we what we say a lot about the show is like we we're gonna complain about stuff when it's bad, but let's also yep. praise stuff when it's done right. And here's one where where you've done both of those things because I've complained at length that there wasn't a black and not just me. <laughs> Lots of people have noticed this and lamented the fact that we got a gorilla <laughs> and a half through the battle back before we got a playable black woman. Yeah, true. That's also oh, not just that. You got a reskinned Asian character to where it no longer looked Asian. Yeah. In the process as well, which was also very weird. And no, had, the new character had, did look sweet. Yeah. And had <laughs> multiple a-holes. Like, way when, when they complained about black representation in the game, you could be like, you got Winston. That's the gorilla's name, by the way, folks. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, let's talk about some other. Okay, first off, before we move into this next subject, there was major political news this week. And I think some people wanted us to talk about it on the show. Talk, thinking about it, throughout the week it doesn't really hit our core goals and our core core messaging for gaming and whatnot and how it affects that stuff but because i know enough of our listeners do want to hear it we're going to do a private episode for our patrons that will go out next week and we will discuss the stuff in depth there because both of us have a lot to say about it we just didn't feel that you know using 30 to 45 minutes you know of this episode just for that really hits what we should be hitting. So we're going to park that over there. Uh, if you want to go become a patron, get access to it, all that, you know, patreon.com slash color magic. But yeah, something that you can look forward to next week and you still get access. So if you want to discuss it further with us in our discord and all that, that's all part of being a patron. So go check that out. So please there you come go. join our discord. We're, we're friendly over there. Yeah. You got a, a sneak peek at something that's coming for private listening next week. But the reason to bring that up is uh, related to that, because the Constitution was brought up multiple times this week. I had heard some things and I'd read some things and I started deep diving on some constitutional related stuff. And uh, I found out about this dude who's named, I guess we pronounce it governor, but it's spelled G-O-U-V-E-R-N-E-U-R. So like the most French European way to spell governor, I guess. But it's Governor Morris. Turns out this dude, I think, was responsible for the final draft of the Constitution. Uh, I'm going to put this in the most clean terms I can put this. <laughs> but apparently this dude, who, as far as I can tell, was a well-to-do somebody back in the day because he had like a housekeeper and all this other stuff. But he died of an infection. And that part isn't so weird. Especially that for the time period. <laughs> yeah. Till you discover that he acquired this infection because he had some type of blockage or thought he had a blockage in his urinary tract. And he decided he was going to self-operate to remove this blockage. And his instrument of choice happened to be a piece of whalebone, apparently. I don't know why that was the thing. Oh, just, just, oh God. Just, yeah, exactly. Like this is, this is true story. I, I, I had to look on several sites like history channel, whatever. Cause I'm like, okay, who else does their research so that I can go like look into. Apparently it's the thing. 
So apparently he he does the deed, and I guess there's some level of bleeding or damage. And then over the next few days, it develops he develops some type of infection that eventually kills him shortly thereafter. Which is kind of bananas. Because I'm thinking, like, if yeah, you're gonna go um, out, like that has to be one of the most painful infections possible. Oh yeah. Well, whatever blockage he thought he had, probably he, he, he probably would have preferred that pain to, to yeah. how he probably. Oh, I feel I feel physically ill just just even kind of sort of <laughs> thinking about what that must have been like. But to kind of give a preview to next week's episode, private episode. This led to other discussions of like, if this is the knowledge these people had, do you honestly believe? that they were going to know every single thing in the future to watch out for. Like, come on now. But that aside, I did also find out some other things coming across stuff. And I think this was something that uh, History Channel had put together at some point. But other random facts about this Governor Morris guy. So other than his ridiculous, uh, as they classified it, bit of self-surgery, he also had a peg leg. So dude was like a pirate. It was kind of (laughs) cool. He was apparently a player and a baller because he had an affair in the Louvre. <laughs> like, dude dude was just getting it. I'm waiting for the biopic. I mean... Yeah, it, after reading all this, I'm like, this dude, why why has there not been a movie about this that I've, I've seen? Because apparently he had a family that was split on both sides of the revolution because he's apparently, I think, originally French and then ended up coming over to the States and obviously, you know his allegiances to the United States or whatever. So that was a thing. Um, he's got, well, actually here's the other interesting thing. He's also responsible for the, I guess the part of the constitution that reads, we, the people of the States of blah, 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 blah. Right. Like that was his direct contribution to the thing. In addition to, I guess, pinning the final draft or whatever. Yeah. As a writer, I am super jealous. <laughs> Just talking about writing something that will outlive you and, and your grandchildren. And here's another baller thing. He, well, one, he lived to be like 64 or something. So, which was a long back, time back then. Yeah. Back then that's like a hundred. He didn't even get married till 57. And he married his housekeeper. Which, in the one thing, you're kind of like, ah, all right, it's older. It's probably somebody you saw every day or whatever, and just relationships, feelings, cool. But then, apparently, at some point, his housekeeper was accused of killing her own newborn child at somewhere along the way. I'm like, this dude's life is wild. Right? <laughs> like, I also want to mention, how long would he have lived if not for the bizarre self-surgery? Yeah, maybe, right? I might, mean, have, made, might have made legit 100 And then somewhere along the way, I guess, Teddy Roosevelt wrote a biography of of this person. So there is a written account of some of the stuff somewhere. I need to go hunt this down. And if Teddy Roosevelt wrote it, you know, it's uh, (laughs) it's wild. It probably is. And then the last thing they mentioned, which I had no idea about, actually, is he apparently is responsible for shaping what modern New York looks like. As far as like the angles of the streets and the houses and stuff like that. Like he was, I guess, one of the original people responsible for some of that. So there you go. Really interesting dude I learned about this week who had a direct effect on the Constitution and apparently was brave enough to pseudo operate on himself. 
So I'm not that. sure brave is the right word, but <laughs> go, that's, the word we, that's the word you had used. We'll go with it. <laughs> so it's a thing. I'm just saying. So now people, now y'all have to know what I know. I'm just saying. I learned right. the gruesome thing. Right. I shared it with the world. Like y'all, y'all now know more. If that ever comes up on Jeopardy, you're welcome. All right, let's get into the rest of the topics. All right, Brian, I'm sure you saw this week that uh, Twitch was back at it again. Of course, <laughs> we we had we had not bounced on Twitch for a couple of weeks. So I guess it's time. I mean, like, and here's the bad part, right? Like we have told our listeners before, right? Like all y'all listening, you know, we are actually rooting for Twitch to get stuff right. Yeah. Like we really genuinely, are. we are pulling for the OGs of the industry to hang on, right? There, There's something there. But damn, if like, when was the last time? And I generally mean this, like before we dive in the more, like when was the last time Twitch had an announcement that we were all happy about? Like, I don't even know. It, it would have uh, to be like 2017, 2018, maybe. <laughs> God, I'm I, I trying to think of something. And you know what I mean? Like, it, it's more than three years ago. It feels like it. I mean, like, how wild is that? Like, for as much as we're all pulling for Twitch, like, I want people to know we're not just taking shots to take shots. But I said, genuinely think about what was the last thing Twitch did that you felt overwhelmingly positive about. It's been a long ass time. Because I was thinking about this when I was putting the show notes together. I was like, well, what can we compare stuff to? And I'm like, there's damn near nothing. <laughs> like, it's been that long. Like, long enough that every person has to think about a thing. But I said, look, if we go back through the last few announcements, it's either fixing some silly thing that didn't need to be a problem to begin with, with the DMCA stuff, or it's something that makes the viewer experience worse, makes life worse for the creator, or just puts money in Twitch's pocket and does nothing else. There's something like, you know, them trying, as you said, to, to fix the thing and then uh, like putting somebody on the front page, but then they get hate rated. So you tried to do a good thing, but that's what I'm saying. Like the bad thing that was happening overshadowed the good thing. Like literally, because we were like, "Oh, look, they're going to add categories," and they're just we're like, "Nope, this is going to go. This is going to be bad." Like, and we knew within the first couple days. I was like, "See, like if we all see it, how did you not take those precautions?" Like, come on. And I get it. We talked, and this kind of comes into the other discussion we talked about, right? That it's possible that the the top most streamers are costing them money somehow. I don't really understand, but I'm, I they say it's costing them money. It's costing them money. So they're trying to find a way to get some of the money back or have those people cost them less money. So, and this is an internal document from what I understand that got leaked. So this isn't official yet. It probably won't be now that they saw the backlash from it. But what was leaked is that their intentions are to move the payouts, which for those of you who don't know, if you get a subscription from somebody, even a prime sub, they technically credit the sub, which would be $5 to the creator. However, the creator only gets 50%. So you get $2 and 50 cents out of every $5. If you're at the topmost level, they have contracts that can get you a 70, 30 split, I believe, which ends up being three fifty out of the $5. So you get a dollar more if you're at the utmost, which by the way, again, we talked about it before. That's like the upper, like 2% of people in Twitch, right? Like nobody's really getting that, but somehow those people are costing them a pile of money. I don't know. You do the math. 
all their money comes from the middle tier, basically. The people that get a lot of viewers, but not quite enough to be uh, a partner, right? A lot of affiliates, but the partner level is just hard for a lot of people to reach. But what I tried to explain to people is dropping from 70% to 30% or to, to 50% isn't just losing a 20% thing there. That's 28, almost 30% of people's income. Because you're looking at it and saying, oh, we're well, going from 70% to 50%. Like, uh, not really. Like the numbers don't read the same, right? Like, let's say you have 100 subs, which these people have tens of thousands usually. But let's say you have 100 subs. Multiply that by $2.50 and you get $2,500, right? Do it as $3.50, you get $3,500. Like, that's a big difference, right? Like, that's more than a 20% difference there. <laughs> like, it's a lot of money. And you're talking about people, like, I understand this. Like, if you're somebody who has 10,000 subscribers and you're going to go from getting what is that? Two hundred and twenty-five thousand, and you're gonna have or thirty-five thousand, and you're gonna get that cut to twenty-five thousand right. that you that you make every month. Like you're literally gonna lose over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like, isn't that crazy? I mean, I don't know where any other place where people would still work there if they if that was passing out routine pay cuts like that. And think about this. This is losing that much. Not for not just doing nothing wrong for bringing extra traffic. So you're doing everything they want you to do. You're being a top performer. You're being entertaining. You're getting all the news stories. You're getting all the viral stuff. You you're bringing people on that hang around on the platform to check out other creators, whatever. And then you're just going to get punished to lose $100,000. That's bananas. Now, the trade-off, mind you, there are trade-offs because they didn't want to look like complete bad guys. So my understanding reading through it is they're going to try to, again, push more ads, which make for a worse viewing experience. But it sounded like maybe give those top-tier creators a better percentage of ad revenue. However, we already know the ad revenue on Twitch isn't great to begin with. That's why they're doing all this other stuff. Yeah, so it's like, why is that even a thing that sounds good? But they did say that they were, or at least the document said, that they were go- likely going to remove the exclusivity clauses. And that is a little bit of a game changer. because Yeah, those that's probably the only win in this <laughs> for yeah, creators, If you, if you sign like. an agreement with, with Twitch to be an affiliate or a partner... Your stuff can't appear. Well, depending on the partner level, you may not be able to put stuff at all. Uh, use your content on another platform. But at least at the affiliate level, there's either 24 or 48 hour dead period. So like I can't just get done with the stream and then immediately put myself over on YouTube. And I can't simul stream to multiple places or anything like that. But if this goes in effect, then they remove that clause. That's a bit of a game changer. Now, the interesting thing is YouTube, when this leak happened, made a very open Twitter reminder of just saying, hey, in case people didn't know on our platform, if you get memberships or super chats, the breakdown between creator and platform is 70-30 in favor of the creator. Not throwing Twitch under the bus, just give you a nice reminder. of <laughs> like, hey, there's other options. Well, we take care of y'all. And conveniently, they were already in the process of pushing raids 
which just went live, though they call them redirects with, yo, YouTube, you got to fix that. Redirect yeah. is not awesome. That that doesn't sound fun. That sounds like your, you know, that sounds like your cubicle job, right? There. You can call it anything. You can call it party, call it a parade, call it a I don't know. Like anything. Young squad who wants to drop a redirect on my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, that just ain't working. That just ain't working. We could do better. But the fact that they're already working on changes, there has been discussion about them uh having gifted subs and things like that. So all of that's still coming. And I don't understand what Twitch's play is here because you're making it easier on your competitors. And again, we've said before, you're number one. People are wanting to come to you first, but you just have to keep give a reason for them to stay there. But you're getting none. And here's the thing. And we talked about this, what was it, last week? That YouTube Premium has between 30 and 50 million users, depending on if you look at just premium or premium plus music or whatever, which gets you some of the same features. But what if Twitch just did, hey, we're going to give you Twitch Ultra. You get for your 10 or $11 a month, you get no ads on anybody you're watching, and we'll give you an additional free sub to give to somebody. Twitch is still going to make more money off that viewer because that viewer is not going to be worth the $7.50 in ad revenue from their time on YouTube for the month. I mean, on, on Twitch for the month. But you get that money straight up, no matter how many ads they watch. And they're also getting to help out another creator. And we know it works for YouTube because they have 30, we'll say 50 million premium users, right? There you go. So why not? Like, even if you only get 1 million, you're automatically adding close to 10 million to your bottom line. And that's assuming none of those people stay on the platform longer because it's a more positive experience with no ads and they're not buying bits and other stuff or whatever along the way as well. Right? So you probably are adding another $10 million by adding a thing you can sell that makes the viewing experience better. And I know there's people that would do it just to not get the ads anymore. Because I've told you before, I've had situations lately, recently, where somebody asked me a question, I start responding to the question, and they just type in the chat, hey, I'm stuck in an ad. So now I have to talk about something else for like 30 seconds to a minute, wait for them to come back, and like, okay, hey, ad's over. Okay, cool. Now I can answer your question. Right? Like, that's such a weird experience. That shouldn't exist. Now, the banner ads that do like the shrinking window, and then the banner ad pops up for like 10 seconds or whatever it is, and then it goes back to regular size. Perfect. No problem with those. Even if you ran a silent ad, you know, that just maybe did a window picture in picture thing and you could still hear and see me in the upper corner, that would be fine. Hell, we do that with wrestling and stuff now on right. live TV, right? People are already getting used to seeing that. It's Daquan in the window right here. Yeah, like just do that. But for some reason, they're taking these weird steps. So I started asking myself, like, what's the play here? And the only thing I can come up with is at some point, Amazon paid a billion dollars for Twitch. They may or may not be getting enough of a return that they feel it's worth it or not. Even though for some reason, people want to keep saying Twitch isn't profitable, but they make a hell of a lot of money by their reports. So I don't know how that's possible unless, unless Twitch was just a terrible business to begin with. But like, if that was the case, why would Amazon have bought them. So like, I, I don't, there's a lot that just doesn't make sense to me there when I see the numbers, but regardless of the fact, 
The only thing I think of is Amazon just wants to get more for their return and it just hasn't happened and they're not happy about it. Or maybe not enough per quarter. Like, I I don't know. It's very weird. But is Amazon setting up to break it off? Put them back on their own? Sell it to somebody else? I don't I don't know. But I mean, they... In 2020, I don't know what 2021 numbers were, but I know they were increasing. And in 2020, they did 2.3 billion in revenue. Like, if you can't make any money on 2.3 bill, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's hard for me to accept. I'm not saying it's they're not wrong, but like, that's so much money. How do you how do you not like? Hell, this thing says even in just ad revenue, they made seven hundred and fifty million. So they, so I, yeah, I don't even, I don't understand. I don't understand. But at some point, it's got to be some type of long term play because each decision has just been, how do we make more money? How do we make more money? How do we? Make more? But none of it has been like, hey, how do we make more money while making the experience better? How do we make more money while making life better for our creators? You know, like. I don't know. It feels very short-sighted, I guess. Everyone's decisions while your competitors are trying to do more, right? And saying like, well, you know, we'll do this and we'll create another way for them to make money that goes into their pocket. We're going to do this thing and not take any of the revenue cuts for two years. We're going to do this thing and we're going to add super chats and blah, blah, and this other stuff so they, they can make some money over here, whatever, right? And keep the same percentage of the 70-30 across the board. So you're making more money on other platforms. I mean, I'm already to the point. I've told some of my viewers, I'm like, hey, it's cool. I appreciate you. If you're using gifted subs or you're using your prime subs, cool. Keep using them here on Twitch. I appreciate it. But if you're getting a paid sub, that's for yourself. Just go be a member over my YouTube channel for $4.99 because I'm going to get more money off of it. I mean, it sucks, but like if you put it here on Twitch, I'm going to get $250. You put it on YouTube, I get $350. I mean, that's a no-brainer, Right. So I don't know, man. I like where do you where does this put you? Like if this were to drop out, like how do you feel this going? Um, you know, I mean, I'm not somebody that necessarily has just a huge, huge philosophical problem with running ads on my channel, but you know, I I get that, that I'm probably in the minority on that. So I mean, I don't I don't mind ads. I just hate the way Twitch judges them as being so invasive. Like, hell, even if you gave me a warning countdown, I'd like, yeah, hey. I just said I would like to. I would like to know just so I can either finish a thought or wait a minute and not start another one. Yeah, like, hey, ads are going to run in ninety seconds or whatever. Okay, cool. I get to wrap this up, or I'm at a point where I'm streaming, and be like, okay, y'all, I'll see you in about thirty seconds after this ad plays or whatever, and then pick up the thought after, the, or even just know that the ad's running. So that I know when it's going to end or whatever, anything, right? There's just nothing that makes the experience better. So I don't know. It just it just feels weird, man. It just feels off. Like I said, very short-sighted. But we'll see. Like I said, seeing how negative it was, there's a chance this doesn't even come to be now. Exactly. They 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 didn't mean for for this to get out. So I mean, maybe. They, or maybe somebody did. I mean, I've yeah, wondered that true. sometimes. It says like, ah, eh, we're kind of on the fence. Let's put this out real quick and see how people feel about it. And then you come back two days later and tell your boss, like, yeah, that was a dumpster fire. Let's not do that. <laughs> right? Like, pe people might lose their jobs. People might die. Let's not do this. You know? And maybe it is what it is. But anyway, we have a little more to talk about. 
So we got more secret layers because we know they're going to be secret layer all year. But this particular one we get to talk about is Pride Across the Multiverse, which is which is the coast celebration of gay pride. And it's kind of cool, honestly. It's a pretty sweet set of cards. Not like, okay, first off, the selection of cards are actually fun cards or useful cards. So like, that's all good. But the imagery is kind of neat. You know, it's, uh, there's some stuff that's more in your face than others, you know, where you have uh, Tomek and his partner. It looks like they're kissing at a wedding, you know, I guess like, you know, you may now kiss the the groom, I guess, because there's no bride. But like, so like, that's a thing. You have like Bearscape with a bunch of uh, scantily clad, heavier set men sitting in a, in a, what looks like a hot springs. <laughs> you know? That was going to be the next one I was about to discuss was Bearscape. Yeah. And, it, and I don't have a problem with it. I think it's fine. Like, but what I like about the set as a whole, though, really, is while you have a couple of cards like that, most of them are very subtle. So, but I think that's a good thing, you know, because I, I, I think about it from the perspective of a black person when we got the black is magic secret layer last year. I immediately, when I heard it, I was like, man, don't let this be a bunch of like stereotypical stuff. You know what I mean? Like that was my first thought of this. Like, uh, you want people to be able to like be proud and happy to play with these or whatever. Like, otherwise, what's the point of them being available if nobody wants to put them on the table to be seen? But really, outside of just like the soul ring, which was the like indigenous neck piece kind of collar thing, right? Everything else was actually just like, oh, look, it's like to ferry with his kids or whatever, right? Just that type of stuff. And that was pretty sweet. And it was well received. And I think for the most part, this is going to be much the same. Now, of course, we did see the knuckleheads of just like rabble, rabble, pandering, rah, rah, gay people, blah, blah, politics. You know, like there was those people. But like they're going to pop their head out of their holes anytime something comes up. Now, some of them said the same thing about the Black is Magic secret. Exactly. You know, like, well, why do you have to do it? Why isn't there one for this group? Or why didn't we blah? Like, uh, all right, people. But honestly, I think it's a pretty cool set. I think it's neat. It's it's $40 and has several valuable and playable cards in it. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with this, man. How do you feel about it? I am, am super excited. Like you said, knuckleheads can, you know, I'll, you know, if you, if you want out of magic that bad, I'll buy your secret lair off of you. You can please step, you know. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. If you, if you hate this project so much that you just can't play Magic anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't have any issues with it. And again, what I like about it is if you look at the imagery, some of the stuff, like there's a couple, like I said, there's Heartbeat of Spring where you have, I think it's Watley and, and uh, Sahili like embracing over a dinosaur, which is kind of cute. But really, it's like three cards that I think are what I would say are in your face, right? The others are very subtle of just like, hey, here's some things like lightly depicting the pride rainbow, right? It's like, okay, cool. And you get it if you get, it's like, if you know, you know, kind of a thing, right? But otherwise, it's just a very subtle touch. And I think that's very cool. So you can, to me, I feel like sometimes you do need to be in your face about an issue. But I also feel there's times that we also have to show the times of like see we can do this and it just be in the artwork and just be normal or just be part of society 
and not have to be an in-your-face thing to call out because they've been here, right? They're part of society. So yeah, this is cool. I think it's neat. I uh, the the discourse was what you expect. Yeah. Right. The only the only thing I found weird about it was that for some reason they're not accessible in the Latin American countries. And I don't know why that is. Because I've been at Wizards and, you know, we've had issues when we were there where, like, sometimes you have to block IPs or whatever. And, you know, if you're doing something like this, it's not going to be available in Russia. It's not going to be available in China. And let me say this, because I'm sure people want to hear our opinions on this. But, yes, this is a, a business decision, right? Whether you like it or not, Hasbro does tens of hundreds of millions of dollars in international business. They can't just do something that is literally going to get them hate, probably by the local government. You know what I mean? On some level, like you, it's just, I get it. You want them to support everybody in every country. And yes, there are very likely, I'm assuming gay people in those countries that's pretty safe assumption yeah that's what i'm saying like also want support and whatever i 100 percent get that but there are ways that things have to be done and have to go about stuff like it's it's i mean and not even joking in all seriousness if you do make some stuff available in those countries and the wrong people see it have it whatever that could lead to some people being killed i mean seriously they'd like this isn't just like wizards can just throw it up there and expect no negativity, no backlash, no negative news stories, whatever. Like there, there's a lot of things in play for them to do that. Again, agree or disagree. I totally understand. Like I would rather it be available everywhere. So people who want to feel noticed and have representation or whatever can have it. But I also get why, like it's the whole thing where, I felt for Cena a couple years ago, right? He he misspoke, and I don't remember what it was. He either did or didn't acknowledge Taiwan as a country or something or whatever, and then the Taiwanese were upset at him and the Chinese were upset at him, and it, it was a mess, right? And he's just trying to do right by the most people. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's trying to, like, look, I don't understand the politics. I was just speaking about a thing, saying I appreciated some folks, were, and then he had to issue this big apology and, like, I get it, right? There's something. My man was trying to promote his movie. He didn't know any of the politics involved. Yeah. So it, it's tough, right? So you do want to be involved on some level, but you also kind of have to acknowledge that there are things that are even bigger than even when you're Hasbro. There is still things, interactions, relationships, whatever that are even bigger than you, and that's just a fight that's going to have to come with time. It sucks. I, I'm with you, but I, believe me, I was there. And there were some things that we we're like, yeah, we probably don't want that in those countries or whatever. And it sucks. And and let me also say this. Wizards of the Coast has international team members in these different areas. I have spoken to some people on these teams. There's a good chance that they ran it by those folks and they said, yeah, we probably shouldn't do this. You know what I mean? So, like, don't think this is just a Hasbro play. I know there is things that the local teams will tell you, we don't want to do this. And if the locals are there and they tell you, nah, son, you don't want this feet. Just like, like, this is not the smoke you want. You know what I mean? Like you kind of got to listen to those people and say like, Hey, we pay you to give us this feedback from your region or whatever. And if this is not good, then we aren't, we aren't doing it. 
And then Has Wizard would just run that up to Hasbro and say, like, hey, we're doing this thing. We're taking these precautions for these reasons. So I'm not even going to say it's immediately a Hasbro decision. There's probably regional things that lead to that. Now, the other side of that is I have no idea why it's not available to Latin America. The only thing I can think of is somebody turned off the wrong access IPs, whatever, and the Latin American countries got blocked out for some reason. Because to my knowledge, and even following social media and asking some people I know, a lot of those countries have no, hell, some of them have been damn near leaders in, you know, gay culture and history and whatever. So I'm not really sure why they wouldn't be available. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people in Brazil, like their equivalent of the far right are still fighting against where, but Brazilian culture, hell, they have one of the biggest damn pride parades in the in planet Earth. So you would think they would at least get access to it, but they don't. Right. So I, that's the part I is weird. To I, me. I know we have some international listeners. I mean, if anybody has any more information about that, please, please feel free to. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter and let us know, or at least let us know even when it frees up and you get access to it. Because I'm I'm operating because it's only been a couple of days. I'm operating on the the idea from from what I know that this is likely a mistake. I can't imagine that. That's what I'm hoping. (laughs) Yeah. If it's purposeful, I'm very, very curious what the logic was. Like, I don't know if their imagery on one or two of the cards that is particularly bad to something in that country because that could maybe be it i don't know because i know wizards has done commissioned different types of artwork for regular magic sets that appear in china because like there's something to do with like death and skeletons or whatever so you have to have different artwork like so i knew about all that so like maybe it's one of those things like it's a limited set so you're not going to have multiple pieces of art so like I, i don't know but that's like the best I can come up with. I got I'm I'm literally stretching here because I got nothing. So I, I don't know why it wouldn't be. Like I said, Russia, China, whatever. I get it. I know why those are the way they are. But for Latin America, there's zero reason that I could think of. And unless, like I said, it's some weird nitpicky things like that that I I culturally wouldn't know. So like maybe. But yeah, so hopefully they get that straightened out because it looks like there's a lot of fans, a lot of players in the Latin American countries that would like to have these, like to share these, like to give them away. So hopefully that gets sorted out. I mean, it's also in a very affordable one at $39.99 for the quality of cards that are in there. Yeah. Uh, you will be able to get it still on their website. You can just search Magic the Gathering Secret Layer to take you to the webpage. And you have 56 days still from the time we're recording this. So I guess 55 or so by the time it goes live uh, to get you a copy. But yeah, I think it's a cool set. I'll probably pick up a couple just because to support the cause. Right. I, I think it's neat. So, yeah, people should do it. I think it would be very, very cool. But now that brings us to, we'll call it some controversy <laughs> <laughs> from last week that kind of bled over into the beginning of this week a little bit. So, honestly, it's been such a back and forth discourse. I honestly forgot about it. I, I'm going to be honest with you. all I had to have Brian remind me when he brought it up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. Why was it still a thing? Because I, I, where I will let you start this one off, and I will, I will hop in. Okay, well, I just uh, magic, I guess. Uh, to 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 use uh, <laughs> use terminology from the real world back in the day, I guess. Uh, on Twitter, we kind of stopped being polite and started getting real to some extent, talking about 
racial issues and whether some people feel that any racial issues or racism exist in magic and debate got get very heated to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> and I, all right, since it's public, I, we can just talk about names. Yeah. But like, so for whatever reason, Ben Stark decided he wanted to, and by the way, this isn't the first time Ben Stark, like it's about every five months or so. It feels like, Ben Stark pops up to get to be magic villain on, you know, main character villain on, on Twitter. But he started in it. Like he just got into it with several prominent folks, which was weird. That That's the part I didn't like. Why call out these other people or like go at these other folks and then end up in like these discussions where you're kind of moving the goalpost a little bit. And like, and I guess just like I asked you, Brian, like, I'm not even totally sure what his point or goal was. This this has come back to that thing we talk about. Like sometimes you just don't hit send. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you don't have a point and you don't know what you're even trying to communicate and you don't know what it supports or is against, why are you even sending it? Because that's what it felt like. Though, and that's why I was like, it was what are like, we even he, doing here? It's like he was checking off, you know, the... Checking off the white person debating racism with black people checklist. Like, okay, both sidesism. All right, there's no, just can't we all just get along? And there's no, some people are, and then just the whole thing wrapped up with a Martin Luther King quote out of context. It's just if you were. Not, not only that, he didn't bother to expand on or even type out the quote, he copied a bad meme of the quote. And put it up. Yeah. Definitely out of context. Your checklist on how to white explain racism to your to your friends and or you know acquaintances of color. Yeah, it's just I like I said, I just kept watching it going, like, what are we doing? Like, what's the point here? What are you trying to achieve? Who are you trying to reach? And my takeaway from from that discussion is that it felt like for some reason you there was onus trying to be put on the victim to understand the motivation of the perpetrator yeah i definitely got that feeling from it and i'm like why would if i'm being attacked by like let's say I'm a woman and I'm being assaulted by a guy. Like, why is it my job to start processing that guy's motivation? If someone's coming after me as a black guy, why should I take the time to stop and go like, hmm, what would possess this guy to put the stars and bars on his truck and a shotgun in his window and a what would Bubba do sticker on his tailgate and then yell at me? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's like, that doesn't even make sense. And I I said, like, there are people whose job that is. When you talk about politicians, we talk about psychologists, you know, people who study this for a living, right? Sociologists to figure out how and why this happens so we can prevent that in the future. And maybe at way after the fact, 
I understand the motivations enough so I know not to go to certain places. And we've talked about that before, not be in certain towns or whatever. But why should it be the responsibility of the victim to do more work? They're not the ones that did anything wrong. They're and most of the time they're just living, right? Yeah. They're just going about their business. <laughs> but I I just didn't understand that. So the next level of this discussion, I guess there's multiple levels. I mean, because you had the level where a couple of ex magic pros got involved and Cedric got involved, and then that was a whole thing. But then JRR2, who's you know, friend of the show. He spoke up and basically said that he has an experience racism in magic, and it's act- he's actually been happy about that or whatever. And I get what he was getting at, but in his uh, 140 characters, he didn't communicate it clearly enough. So I felt like he was about to get dragged, right? And so I'm like, yeah, okay, that was <laughs> I'm like, this is about to get out of control. I'm gonna be the lightning rod for a little while, right? So. I started a, tw- a tweet thread, which, by the way, also discovered you can only put 25 tweets together in a row. So if you think your thoughts are going to take more than that, you probably want to just do a tweet longer. But I basically took the time to say, look, I've seen all the stuff that's been going on for the last couple of days. Let me explain some things, right? Like, it's very possible for people from the same group to have two different lived experiences. Like, that can exist for a lot of different reasons. Right. Somebody can be from the hood and have never had drugs in their household. Right. Another can live in that same neighborhood and have had parents arrested six times for drugs while they were growing up. Right. Like it, it's 100 percent possible. So to understand that not everybody's going to have the same experience and one person's experience doesn't invalidate the other person's experience. That is completely OK. But then I try to tell people also, like, we have to quit the idea of, well, you know, we're in the gaming industry and everybody likes playing games together. So obviously there's no racism like that's not true at all. We've talked about this before, you know, on the show multiple times about different interactions, about places we can and can't go because of events, you know, whatever. Right. The list goes on and on. But you have to listen to all those people within the group you're talking about and take their collective shared experiences. And that gives you a true narrative of, hey, there's still a lot of this out there. You know, we've talked about before, I had met several women who had never mentioned to me that 10-year-old women get catcalled. And then I went through a stretch where I started hearing it from multiple women, so then I started bringing it up to the other women I know. And like, even the ones that were like, it hadn't happened to me, but yeah, I've seen it happen to other people. Or yeah, oh, I remember a time where this happened. Or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. So this cumulative story of all these women says, like, this is a thing that happens. Yeah. Even if it doesn't happen to all of them. A frightening, creepy thing. that happens. Exactly. A large number of them. Right. But I was willing to listen. All I didn't go like, well, they said it happened, but these two said it never did. So it's probably not that bad. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make sense either. Right. But again, the whole two sides thing. It's not our job to figure out like there's professionals for that. Don't put the onus on the victim. But then I started telling people about, hey, let me show you some examples of things in the game industry that happen. Right. And I talked about issues with renting property, about stuff when I went to the big trade show conventions. for, And some of this I've talked about on the show already. But 
just pointing it out to people to say like, hey, the times I've been in events and people have been insulted because they lost to the black guy in the room. You know, like that's a yeah. thing that happens. Right. So to, for people to say like, oh, it's not a thing or whatever, like, no, it's not just a thing, a thing that he proclaimed proudly and loudly to his other friends, knowing other people could hear him. So not only did he say it, he was comfortable saying it. Right. It wasn't like he said it under his breath and I happened to be just catching him. Like they're standing in the middle of the room talking yeah. about it. And want people to back him up on this. Right. Isn't yeah. That, can you believe this happened? It's like, who's, who's that? Uh, the white comedian that talks about his, his black girlfriend or whatever. Uh, crap. He's actually pretty popular, but he has a set where he talks about how he's creeped out because sometimes people test him to find out how racist he is because they come up and just make a random racist statement thinking he's going to back it up. <laughs> so he's got to like pretty much disavow it and get away with it, get away from it ASAP. You know, like that's sort of, that's the reaction you should have if your friend comes up and goes like, man, could you believe I lost to a black person who's actually the one guy in the room? They're not even that good at magic. And you go like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, then you're just as bad as he is. Yeah. Right. But if you take time and go like, dude, that's kind of effed up. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Then then you're the one that's in the right and your friend is effed up. Right. So. But a lot of those situations and I try to point that out to say, like, just because I'm not talking about it all the time, I don't make it the core of my content. Now, the podcast, we're doing this with a purpose. Right. But you don't see that on my YouTube videos. You don't see that when I'm doing commentary or write an article or make an appearance somewhere, whatever. Doesn't mean I don't deal with it. It just means it's not worth talking about 24-7 because I don't need that to be my identity. Now, what I will say is making myself the lightning rod worked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it drew a lot of attention. It quelled a lot of the fires around everything. And again, maybe it wasn't my place to take that level of responsibility. But it was getting out of hand. And I figured, okay, let me at least make this up front, make this statement. We'll center the discussion and we can talk about it from a different angle. Because we were at the point where nobody was going to listen to either side at that point. Like, it had already gotten way off the rails. The interesting thing, though, is I got so many comments and responses from people saying, even private messages of people saying, man, I appreciate you sharing that. Thanks for blah, blah. Like, it sucks you had to bring that up again, but it's cool that... You know, people are responding to it. And I told people, like, it doesn't even hurt me at this point. Like, I, you live through it, you deal with it, you get used to seeing it, sadly. Maybe I'm desensitized yeah. to a lot of it. Check, but, you know, our, our YouTube comments for crying yeah, out loud. I delete a lot of these. Yeah. I have a lot of people on shadow ban over there, let me tell you. But it was more just showing people, like, hey, even people you don't think this happens to, it can happen to. Because I tell people, like, I'm still looked at as the dude that's like, oh, you're one of the whitest black guys I know. And I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? Because I can put a sentence together and I've held decent jobs. Right. Is that what you're trying to like? What the hell? And, and I've heard that a lot through the game industry. I didn't even bring oh, that up. I ran out yeah. of tweets to be able to put that in. Right. But like stuff like that still happens. You know, just like when you and I always tell people, like, what the hell are you trying to say with that statement? Like, you're impressed that I'd ran a business for 16 years, that I was able to work for these corporations and change parts of the culture or whatever. But like, I guess only white people are able to do that. 
Like, you know what I mean? That's basically what you're saying. Like, yeah. I only believe white people can do this. You're so, I'm so really well spoken. Yeah, I'm impressed that a black guy is able to do this. That makes you the whitest black person I know. And even though sometimes because of society, I got to check myself when I'm listening to some Tupac on the radio and I'm like, eh, let me turn this down a little bit because I don't want to roll up to the building and somebody look at the car all weird. You know, because I know I'm going to a place that there ain't a lot of melanin in, in the building. Hey, hello, the Negroes are here. Exactly. Like, but, you, but, you, but it's true, right? Like, you, you've you done it too, probably. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, you're listening to something, and it's not even that loud. Like, it's not like it's, like, rattling my windows or nothing, but it's just like, eh, you know, I just want to don't want to give that impression or whatever. Getting, I don't want to have to start out on the wrong foot and overcome that too. And it's not even a thing you should have to worry about. Especially when the dude pulls up next to you and he's blaring some Megadeth or whatever. And you're like, all right, fine. You know, not that I hate Megadeth, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Like it it shouldn't be a thing. It should have nothing to do with what you're about to do to talk about, do business or whatever. But it is right. These things still happen. But I will tell you, the engagements on what I put out were huge. I was looking at that earlier. The first tweet of those 25 have 51,000 impressions. And it got 5,000 pieces of engagement. You know, 500 and almost 600 likes. You know, it was very active. And I'm not saying this to like show off and say like, ah, see, I won social media. But (laughs) But it's saying that people needed to hear this. Right. Enough that people shared it and were talking about it. All the way down to the, even the 20, people got through it because even the 25th one, I think, still had like 3,000 impressions or something. So people were consuming it. So the message got through. We don't, not everything has to be over the top. Not everything has to be argumentative, right? Sometimes it's just, hey, let me just put it plainly in common situations so you can see how different it is for the two of us. But at the same time, again, even me and you, Brian, we've known each other for years and we have different experiences on things, right? So it's not a surprise if somebody like JR says, yeah, you know, I haven't really experienced the same stuff in Magic. Now, it's possible if you talk to him, he'll tell you he experienced that in Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever, right? But he just dodged it in Magic for some reason. And that's cool. That's actually a good thing. That, that it is. Yeah, you'd, you'd rather fewer people deal with the issue. So that's not a bad thing at all. But I think people and took also, that the also, he's uh, slightly younger than us. Uh, or probably more than slightly. <laughs> so Also true, right? So I, I think a lot of people just took that the wrong way as him saying like, well, something's wrong because racism doesn't happen because it didn't happen to me. Right. But that's not what he was trying to say. And he did put out a subsequent apology later, you know, and saying like, look, I get how what I said came off the wrong way. That's not what I was trying to say, you know, whatever. And he corrected himself, but it shouldn't even have had to get to that. Right. It's just we started in one spot. A bunch of people jumped into discussion. People started telling their truths or whatever. And then things just got got weird for about 24 hours. But I mean, it definitely is. I mean, I'm glad we're getting to a point where, hey, we can have these conversations. <laughs> I'm with you. Like, I, I feel like there was a lot of times people would even now. I think there's a lot of people that still I, actually you know what? Good example. I was watching a, a, a poker stream. Two days ago from the lodge in Austin, they have a poker stream. And there were people in the chat because somebody, you know, so you're table talking, you're playing poker for hell. Their streams are long. They're like four hours or something on some of them. So 
at some point, somebody mentioned something about a political thing or some politician or whatever. And people in chat were like, oh, let's not stop with the politics again. We don't need to be bringing that stuff up, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's hard. It, like, the only way I can describe it is some people don't get to ignore politics. Right. Right. I mean, it, like, being able to ignore politics is a privilege. Right. Even, even we were talking about this just earlier today. I have a friend. And I don't want to call him out because he doesn't really do social media or anything. But he was posting about how his rent is about to go up. I think he said four hundred dollars, either four Man. or five hundred, on on his next lease in his apartment in the Dallas area. That is a lot. That's a lot for an area like Seattle or even LA, right? To so just say like, yeah, next contract, it's going to go up four hundred a month. Like you're telling somebody they're gonna have to find almost 5k more for the next year to live in the that's same a, apartment. That's insane. The apartment didn't get any bigger, any better. No, no nothing more changed. amenities are being offered. And I know that I get to largely ignore that, having worked into a position where we're paying on a house and whatever, and my rates aren't gonna go up. Right? We have a payment, we have an interest rate, like it's set in what it is. But that doesn't mean I want to ignore all the discussion around housing and people's living situations and minimum wage and whatever, right? Some people get to ignore that. Like, I get to, but I would rather not because I know it helps a lot of people. So when people start talking about that and you go, ah, political stuff, blah, blah, right? That matters to some people. That's literally some people living and dying. And again, we'll talk about some other things on on next week's patron episode, but it's just amazing, you know, how people can view things and not realize, you know, it comes actually last week's dinner table. We're talking about the exact speeches, you know, that that Falcon was making. People couldn't even see the forest for the trees. You know what I mean? Like just literally things he's talking about. You almost think they're trolling because they're being the people he's talking about. And just like, man, people don't get it. But yeah, last week was a weird time. It really was. But I think a lot of people got a lot of perspective, uh, except for our main villain. <laughs> but he, it sounds like he's still feet entrenched. You know, he's in his position and that's cool. He's welcome to that. People just view you a certain way and you, it is what it is. But it looks like a lot of other people almost bonded over some things yeah you know which is kind of interesting how that happens so i don't know it's worth reading like i said if you want to go look up my twitter stuff it's from april 28th it's a 25 tweet thread so if you want to get caught up on that and see some of the other stuff i talked about uh because it's quite a lot i'm not going to just recap the entire thing Mm -hmm. on the show but there you know you can read the responses to stuff but i felt like it was needed i'm glad i wasn't wrong because I was honestly, it's one of those ones I tweeted and then I cleared like an hour and a half because <laughs> I'm like, all right, if the negativity comes, I got time, you know, but it never came. Uh, it was really surprising. More, way more people were either thankful that I put it out there or apologetic that I felt the need to have to put it out there. But there wasn't really, eh, that's not true. There were like two people that when I mentioned the thing about, well, you know, we have professionals that should deal with that other people. And they're like, well, I don't agree with this part. And I was like, cool, you get the band hammer. I don't give a damn. Like I told people, if you want to come in being an uncle head, you're just going to see the blockade. I, I just said that straight up. 
Like that's not this was not the time or the place for it. The other issue there was that if that's the only thing you replied to in that whole 25 tweet thread, that tells me all I need to know about you. Like, and that's the way I felt about it. Like, if you singled out that thing with all those other things I pointed out and all the other things I mentioned, and you say, well, I don't agree that, like, not everybody should have to evaluate both sides or whatever. And it's like, okay, cool. I, I know everything I need to know. Catch me on another thing if you want to have a discussion and get unblocked. But anyway, like I said, it was a, ended up being a positive experience, and I'm pretty happy I did it. It's just I felt a little bad that I had to do it, you know, but maybe that's my complex of like trying to help too many people sometimes. <laughs> like, I don't I don't really know. I know I'm wired that way. I think I get it from my mom. But, you know, sometimes you just got to be the one to put yourself out there. Sick. Uh, it's a conversation we need to have and I mean, really need to keep having because we, we people have had these opinions for a while. They just, you know, it's, yeah. This is stuff we, we, we need to talk about if we're going to get anywhere. Well, if Ben wanted engagement, he got it. Yeah, that definitely I'll, is true. I'll at least give him that. Yeah. But all right, Brian, why don't you tell everybody they can find you on social media? Great. I am Brian Sonic on Twitter, YouTube, uh, Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Allen's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P O W R D R A G N on most social platforms and still have a ton of stuff coming on YouTube if you want to go over and check that stuff out which by the way check some stuff out and like some videos because the damn vote brigades have been making the patrols again so you'd really help me out but as always wherever you're listening whenever you're listening good morning good afternoon good evening or good night please remember to take care of yourself because there's still some COVID spikes and other crap out in the world take care of you and your family and remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other if you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.